This podcast contains explicit material. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to this mini text episode of The Joy of Text. I'm Sarah Rosner Lawrence, and I'm here with Dr. Batsheva Marcus, Clinical Director of Mays Women's Health. Hi. And with Rabbi Dove Linzer, Rosh Hashiva and President of Yeshivat Chove Torah. Hi. Hey, Rabbi Linzer. So, what text do you have for us today? Well, I have a Gemara on a topic that we've discussed before, but I thought it would be really interesting to read the Gemara inside. And this is the question about sex during the daytime. And it starts on Tractate Nida, 16b, and then uh, there's a break, and then it continues on 17a. So we're going to look at the whole passage. Um, I'll start by reading it in the original, and then we'll switch over to the English. So I'm Rabbi Yochanan, so said Rabbi Yochanan, It is forbidden for a person, meaning a man, always talking about the man, to have sex during the day. Micro, what's the verse? Shenemar, but this is a verse from Eov. Yovad yom ivali bov halayla amar horagavir. So this is Eov bemoaning his fate that he was ever born. And he says, let the day be destroyed that I was born and the, li- and the night in which it was said that a man-child has been conceived. So from here we see, Laila nitan leherayon, that pregnancy or conception occurs at night. Viyom lo nitan leherayon, and it does not occur during the day. So if you're having sex, you should have sex at night because that's when conception occurs. Hishlakish quotes a different verse, and this is hard to understand exactly. He says, the verse is, but he who despises his ways shall die. And that should be somehow self-explanatory why you shouldn't have <laughs> sex during, during the day. What does it have to do with sex during the day? Not so only should you not have sex during the day, you're going to die. You're going to okay. die. Okay. That's part number one. And then there's a whole interruption, and then here's part number two. And I'll just switch now to the English. This is from 17a. Rav Chizda says it's prohibited to have sex during the day, as it says, you love your neighbor as yourself. So what does this have to do with sex during the day? So Abaye says that if they have sex in the day, the husband might see some repulsive matter in his wife because it'll be light and she'll become repugnant to him and therefore he Oof. won't love her as much. So that's that explanation number three. <laughs> number four, Rav Huna says, Jews are holy, and they do not engage in intercourse by the day. So it's somehow obvious because we're holy that we don't do it. Rava says if it's a dark house, it's permitted because then there's no light. And if it's a Torah scholar, he can do it in the day as long as he uses his garment to block out the light. Okay, and then finally, and I'll end with this, the Gemara has a story that says, in the house of King Munbaz, they did three things, and the sages would praise them for it. And the first one is that they would engage in intercourse by day. So it sounds like it's praiseworthy. So the Gemara has a way of rereading that to say it doesn't literally mean that. But then what's really interesting is the last line. It says like this. It says, it makes sense that it means something else, because if they actually had intercourse in the day, is that something to be praised for? I mean, maybe it's permissible according to this, but is it praiseworthy? And the Talmud ends by saying, yes, it would be praiseworthy, because if they're at night, there might be a risk of being overcome by sleep. And in that case, the wife might be repulsive to him if he's not into it. Um, again, we have the wife being repulsive to him. Um, and therefore, day would be better in those scenarios, because at least they'd be, he'd be more awake. So here Wait, is Wait, if he's sleepy, she'll be repulsive to if him? If he's not into it, then uh-huh. he'll find her like he... I mean, I you might... Just- 
the right. Gamara's way of saying like he's not going to be into it. He's not oh, going to be okay. into it. I right. got it. Okay. Although again, it does use that repulsive phrase. So we have a whole range of different explanations, some clearer than others, and the, it ending with a statement that sometimes it actually would make sense. So what do you guys think about all of this? Well, I was looking at Sarah's face this entire time and she was getting... I have actually seen this source before. Um, I'm I'm obviously not a big fan of, I think it was answer number three, that if you have sex during the day, the man is going to see his wife and she's going to be repulsive to him, like as if that would be... You know, like like that's just a, a a little bit of an offensive kind of. Believe me, I don't like it either. So, but I'm just play devil's advocate for a second. You know how when you go to romantic restaurants and they keep the light low because mm-hmm. there's something about low light that just makes everybody look more attractive. Totally, <laughs> I think that's sort of yeah. what they were trying to say in a less appropriate, you know, less lovely way. Right. I well, so I have. I have two questions about that then. So number one, what if he's repulsive to her? That is <laughs> right. equally is likely, always, right? A, always androcentric. <laughs> On the male right. perspective. Right. But, so you could, I think you can read it that way. Like they shouldn't have sex in broad, bright, bright, harsh daylight because each of them will see each other's imperfections. And let's just keep the light a little bit low. Yeah. When right. I read this, I think about, I was once in somebody's bathroom and they had, I've never seen this before, a makeup mirror. Oh my God. And it was like, how can you live after with a makeup mirror? Like, <laughs> because it's like a hundred times. hundred times. Like, right, every like, imperfection is correct, visible. So right. yeah, I'm wondering if that's, you know, that's nobody sort of benefits from such blatant, you know, or right. harsh light. Harsh lighting. Okay. Right. Right. So, but then I'm also just wondering, like, what if they're into that? Like, what if they want to see each other while they're having sex? Like, right. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I no, it's, no, no. It's, I, it's, it's so my impression that a lot of people do specifically enjoy seeing each other during sex. I recently was meeting with a couple where she said to him, "You always want to have the lights down," and she said, "I get much more turned on when the lights are on, and that's why we had that great sex that time when the lights were up." Hmm. And um. So, yeah, I'm just yeah. supporting your position there. Right. I mean, I do think that in the end, you know, it's very important that it ends with saying sometimes it makes sense. Now, that's the Gemara had actually reread that statement, but at the same time, it's acknowledging that there could be scenarios in which it actually does make a lot of sense for the couple for doing it in the daytime or with light. Um, I want yeah, I, I want to point out something which I think is quite interesting, which is the Rav Huna, when Rav Huna says... Jews are holy, and so therefore they don't have intercourse at, in the day, right? But if anything's going to prove to you how societally based this is, it's like, you know, the the starting axiom is that having sex during the day is not holy, and Jews are holy, right? So they wouldn't have sex during the day. Like, think about that. <laughs> but that's all that tells me is that societally, for some reason, people felt like you shouldn't have sex during the day, maybe because they were holy and learning Torah all day or something. You know? <laughs> well, I wonder. So that's obviously the, the the line that's most open for interpretation. I've heard some that says maybe, you know, the point is to, the holiness comes from that we're different from the non-Jews. And if there was a perception, whether it was a reality that non-Jews do it, then we're holy because we're different. So that also doesn't give a reason just as a line of demarcation. Um, but well, I, that I, still would be societal. So that would be that societal. Would be but I think there's two other ways of reading the holy. Um, and, you know, maybe this is just my projection. Well, can, I, can I, before Please. you jump on, I just want to say something funny like i've been watching the crown and you just cannot imagine the royals having sex during the day like you just can't like they wouldn't have too refined yeah like they're all like buttoned up in their fancy dresses the eggs and you know the guard there's like time and place for everything yeah maybe you know maybe it feels very society what you're saying is is correct because you know the talmud speaks about 
praising the person that makes time at night for Torah learning um, because it's not natural at night. It's natural in the day when you can see your books and you don't have electric lighting and so on. Well, they didn't have books as much because oral, but whatever. You know, so if like <laughs> if like you you mostly learn Torah in the day and it's an exception to learn it at night, then you know you shouldn't be having sex in the day. So I do wonder if that's part of it. If part of the holiness is like it's oh it's being it's seen most people are having sex at night. If you're having sex also in the day, that's like too indulgent. You know, it's assuming that you're also having it at night. So like you shouldn't be having sex all the time, both at night and at day. But nobody it's, says that. That's right. the only thing. Like that, that's a pretty easy thing for them to say. Mm-hmm. That's what goes back to the like the that is it the Ramban about right. the time to go lame the chickens that yeah, are having yeah, sex Ramban, all the time. Right, right. It's the Ramban. So yeah. Yeah, then they would say that. I, I wonder if it's also and and this gets a little bit to the not find the wife repulsive, the harsh lighting, but that do you think, and maybe it's connects to the point you were making about Jeff about like, is it more of a turn on for some people? Do you think like when it's in bright light that it's too much relating to the other person as a, you know, as a body and not as a person, like you lose the sense of connecting to the person as a human being and it's all just very external. Does that make any sense? I'm not going to say whether it makes sense or not. I, I, I think different people are attracted to different things. I don't know that I would make a blanket statement one way or the other about that. And I mean, you could also see each other's faces more clearly. Right. That's why, that's that's why this, in this case, that's why the woman was so upset about it. She said, I feel like you don't want to see me. I feel like, Mm. you know, you're trying to obliterate me. Yeah. It's so interesting. Right. I I have one, one little kind of semi amusing thought, but, but the, the last answer in the Gemara about how, you know, you're, like ultimately there are some certain situations where it would be okay to have sex during the day. It really reminds me of this um, Dr. Ruth clip that I just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just on Ellen promoting her her new movie or something. Ellen and, DeGeneres? She yeah, was yeah, on, okay. yeah. And um, her, her number one piece of advice um, was, you know, for people who are who are getting older, have sex in the morning get out of bed, have breakfast, and then jump back into bed and have sex in the morning because you're going to have more energy and you're going to be more it's awake. A lot to be, there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah, so for couples that, that the kids are always, you know, they're exhausted by the end of the day, Sunday morning, everybody, the kids are sleeping late. Like that could be a No, that is a couples. big, a big piece. Like yeah. I cannot tell you for how many women of lots of different ages and men too. Like I'm tired at the end of the day. That's not the best time for me to have sex. Right. So the last thing I'll say is, first of all, Rabe, Yochanan's reason seems to be totally about when is a good time for being pregnant. So it wouldn't be relevant outside of pregnancy. But I really like, even though this idea that by seeing your a man seeing his wife naked, it could be a turnoff, there's also something beautiful about Rav Chizda saying, I want the couple to be attracted to one another. Like, I'm not just okay with a functional marriage, you know? Mm-hmm. I care about... So, okay, he was making certain assumptions about what that would require. But to me, that sense of it's got to be love and attraction. We have to do what we can to support that. I don't know. So I that find maybe that keeping the lights low helps that. Right. What you're saying. Right. So I we, think yeah. that's a nice. That's a nice. Or way at to least look at it. he assumed that right. would help, and right. he wants to help us have. I mean, let's a, remember you know, they didn't bathe that often, then. Right. <laughs> you know <what> I mean, like <laughs> that's they, also they true. Didn't, you know, have pumice stones and you know space creams and so you know. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I will say that. Uh, there's so some people treat this as absolutely you can't have sex during the day. Others will point to the fact that uh, you know, for example, when Rav Huna says Israel is holy, he doesn't say it's forbidden. Maybe he's pointing to a higher level of you know 
holiness, but not something that's demanded by everybody. And that even some of the language forbidden, some poskim say, doesn't literally mean like halachically forbidden. It means like, you know, not approved. Um, and at the end, I really think that the last discussion, which we've been having, the last paragraph about cases in which it's central to the couple being able to have you know, a good sex life, that has to always, I think, take precedent. I mean, there's a biblical mitzvah of Ona, and, you know, and to me, that's really what's expressed by the last paragraph. Great. Thank you so much for bringing that. Thank you. This episode of The Joy of Text was recorded by Mike Hurst, was produced and edited by Max Hollander, and is a project of the Lindenbaum Center at YCT. If you have questions or comments you'd like to share with us, you can do so anonymously at www.thejoyoftext.org. The Joy of Text is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, or any podcast app. If you like what you hear, show us your support by giving us a five-star rating and stay up to date with our latest episodes and live events by following us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. 